Welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate. Welcome to the 9420 podcast. That was Bloom, which is the latest single by the Ivans. Um, they are our featured artists tonight. Hi, Carl. Hi, Greg. How are you both doing today? Hey, Hi, Greg. Hi, hey, Nicole. <laughs> so what are we doing? What Here are we talking we go. about? Another what? 9420 podcast. Another jam-packed episode Ooh. of 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 intelligent conversation yeah, and it's... interesting topics. And uh, stories I think we've from back in the day. Oh, stories oh. from oh, back oh. back in the day. 
I keep messing it up. Because right, they're out of order now. I got to put it up. I'm sorry. They're, they're not in order. That that yeah. raise that raise you've been bucking for, man. It's I don't think it's going to happen this year. It, it ain't happening. <laughs> so another great week in the world. Um, I don't know about you guys, but anyone out there listening, it's just weird now. I'm up here in New York City, and it's just. I, actually, uh, New York has been in my thoughts recently because you know all this stuff. Everybody's talking about whether or not you know it's appropriate or safe to do your traditional Thanksgiving celebration you know and have family over and all of that well for many years it's my tradition has been that uh we we have family over and but i always watch and i know this sounds corny but i always watch the macy's thanksgiving day parade it's just something that i've done since i was a kid and i love the nostalgia of it and i watch it Every single year, in particular, the Rockettes. I, I love the Rockettes. Are they not, are they not having it? The Ro- they're having a virtual parade, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and How does so, that so How does that no one is allowed to actually be on the parade route. It's my understanding, and, right? Right. And apparently, they're having cars drive the balloons instead of the balloon holders so that everyone can social distance and they don't have to worry about anyone getting. COVID. Yeah, and and part of the why do they just why do they just have a cartoon? Well, part of, part it. of the charm is seeing or just show last year's. Who cares? Part of the charm <laughs> is seeing the balloon handlers like lifted off the ground. Yeah, you know, but now that I think about thing, it, you know, just show last year's or or, or, or take excerpts from the last five years and and put together a nice video of of, of, of their best parades. Save the money, save the well, time. Well, I would assume yeah. that that's going to be that's there's going to be a lot of looking back. I would think to give everybody that kind of um, uh, I don't know what the word is colle- collegial. Well, this is what feeling, makes you know. This is what makes me angry. It's like, are we all just children? So for one year, so you don't go to a parade. Well, I, I I think because it's been nine or ten months at this point that people are trying to cling on to something good, like potentially good that can happen, especially now that the elections are well over with for the most part. The voting's done, but the voting, the, yes. the voting's done. Um, but I think people were hoping that, like, oh, now that's over with, like. Maybe, I don't know, maybe the virus would go away and we could all have Thanksgiving. But I think they were trying to cling on to something good. And that was the first holiday after the uh, very stressful election year. It's been been very clear to me that people, you know, it's just human nature. People have wanted to usher in the holiday celebrations to to kind of deal with or relieve or cope with the stress associated with the last year. So, you know, typically people have fond memories of their traditions and of the holidays. So, you know, you saw stuff and it's probably a a matter of economics, but you saw Christmas stuff in the stores early, you know, Mm -hmm. you saw Halloween stuff in the stores early. uh, And consequently it, it leaves as fast as it comes. You know, I was like, my wife and I went, shopping a little bit today all masked up and um 
But what are we? Um, are we know, like, like just a, a society of trained seals? Can't we go beyond that for a minute? Just to just accomplish something like stop this virus, wear a mask, have social distance. Don't maybe have fifty people in your backyard drinking beers and you know. Well, I think it's also kind of like what Greg has been saying. It's also a time of rethinking those traditions and what they mean and maybe not so holding so tightly the aspect of having a big group of people and maybe starting new ones that may only be for a year or two, but they at least still give us give a sense of happiness and warmth and togetherness, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, the older you get, the more you realize that really, you know, fa- that everything is basically pointless. No, Carl, <laughs> gosh, and meaningless, pretty much. No, I, I think that I think that you kind of come to discover that the the family it's stuff, all stupid, the family stuff, you know, like the the holidays and those kinds of things. Those really are the most important parts of life, you know. So yeah, they're the ones where everyone gets together and fights and complains how we hate each other, basically. Oh, and no, we, I and we're all, that's what families do. Who? How many people out there who have family gatherings really enjoy them? They're all about just bickering. And so I will. Okay, I will give you an example, Carl, to tell you that that's completely not true. It's so true. my dad's side of the family, he's one of ten brothers and sisters. So there's a lot of personalities in that one. So there are people in that family that you get together, and there can be arguments and things like that. But my mom's side of the family, there's only her, her brother, and her sister. And we, from the time that I was born, and I mean, it continues now, we get together for every holiday if we can. We go on vacations together. And there very rarely ever is a fight. And I don't know if that's just because we enjoy hanging out with each other, but it's trickled down to the next generation where like me and my cousins enjoy hanging out together. Every Maybe it's my Italian family. But this is my Italian family. <laughs> well, then will you have a good one because everything, I, every Thanksgiving, every, wed, every wedding, my cousin Junior beat up my, my cousin Joey. Cousin Dominic always got drunk, you know, <laughs> and fell over and knocked over the cake. You know, even even at you know at, at my cousin Joey's who died in the war, died at his funeral. My grandmother was throwing herself in the grave. You know, they, they, it's always a scene. You know, it's always like just, it's like a joke. Uh, so that that that's been my experience. So what's the, what's that great line in Christmas Vacation? Is like it's the it, it, it's Christmas. We're all supposed to be miserable or something. To the to that effect, you know. I don't know. I I think I, I get what you're saying. I'm being a little bit ridiculous tonight. <laughs> I, I know it, but 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 still, like, can't we just like you know put our stuff aside, you know, for uh just for one year and just get through this and and that, and so that's all it is. But and not make it a a point, some point of contention. Oh my God, so what? Here's, here, here's the issue. So I mean, uh, the issue for me anyway. There's no is, issue. The issue is that somebody somebody that I have a reasonable amount of respect for posted recently on their uh, Facebook page. It's like, look, you know, I don't know the answers, but you know, I'll protect myself. You protect yourself and we'll all go on about our business. Well, that sounds really good, but with this thing, uh, you're responsible for protecting me too, pal. You know, I mean, you have to be responsible in order for me not to get this 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 virus so the i'll take care of myself you take care of yourself uh scenario doesn't really exist it's like on the subway in the 90s 
This is a story. And this is a true story. I I I I did this. Does it have a happy ending, take, Carl? Well, it's a funny ending. It's about it's about respecting each other, yeah. and uh, and and how you know, and about. I guess you'll get the point about how I'm comparing this to uh, what's going on now. I used to get on the subway. I used to take the same. You know, I used to work down. I lived on the Upper East Side at the time, but I worked down in the low in, in the West Village. So I had to take like a, you know, a, a cross town bus and then a train downtown. Anyway, I always did it around the same time around six o'clock. I got on this, you know, the three train to go, you know, downtown. And I always would run it about twice a week. I'd run to these, these guys with this boom box. This is like the nineties, right? Right. With a boom box playing like loud rap music. And that's fine. But, but it was the store. It wasn't even good. It was distorted, right? It wasn't even good sounding sonic sound. It was just loud. Rock, and, and I used to get annoyed with them. Right. And I used to tell them like, Glow with that man, hey man. So anyway, about after a month of this, and it was like, oh my mother, this my mother, that everything's cursing and everything's screaming, and everyone's just ignoring them because they're like these two kids, everyone's afraid, you know. So I go, and I bring my boombox one day, and I blast. I I go right next to them, and I blast Barry Manilow's Mandy over and over <laughs> again. Right, I'm standing there, standing right next to them, blasting Mandy. Right, and the guy's looking at me. He starts laughing. I go, "You go? Are you serious, man?" And I look at him. I say, "Do you get it? Do you get it?" He goes, "Wow, man, I got my rights." Yeah, but when your rights infringe on my rights, the, the, the comparison I'm making. Yeah, here? I get it. I mean, the, we were talking about the other day. That's like your your rights basically stop at the tip of the other guy's nose, right? But, yeah, that's, exactly. but that's not even. You know? But that's not even true with this kind of pandemic thing because, uh, you know. No offense to Barry Manilow, though. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I I try to think what's the worst thing these guys would you, hate. You came like, and I, you what? gave without taking, Carl. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. hey man, mm-hmm. you know, it, was, it, it was and it was distorted, loud. Wow. It was blasted. And wow. like, I think even the batteries were low, so it was, it was like slow. Remember that? Oh, it slowed down. Oh man! <laughs> and just the cacophony of did he leave his on as well? Oh yeah, or did well, he turn his off? He, well, he turned it off and he, he's going to fight with me. But yeah. one thing I did like about the kids, they were younger. They got the humor in it and and, and it, it kind of worked, you know. But, right. it was, but they, they thought, are you kidding me, man? Anyway. Before the days of uh, what, what, <laughs> before what, I, shot, I, right? I, whatever. Yeah, before yeah. they had, you know, yeah. like a Walkman uh, or a. Uh, uh, no, but they still have these guys now that, that drive around. It annoys me. They drive around the streets with, with, with speakers, like, you know, they keep. Put the headphones on, please. That's why we have iPod, earpods, and stuff. When I that's a that's a concept that I often think about. When I when I haven't spent that much time in the city, but but when I do spend time in the city, I actually like the sounds of the city, and it annoys me, and I feel disoriented if I'm if I have earbuds in and I'm listening to something completely different than to what's going because you're because you're because you're a novice I'm sorry. okay i i that's i'm in the city you know, kind of what i was I'd wondering as, i grew up in long island i grew up in a suburban long island with a backyard and grass and right i never thought i'd, I'd be a, a lifelong city dweller and for the most of my life i have been and you know, in a part, I used to grow up in a house. I, I hated apartments. I always thought that it was kind of because I I grew up in the suburbs as well, and you know, and, and a big city for us was you know, you know, Louisville, Kentucky. You know, so when I would travel to New York, I mean, I I just couldn't imagine 
that I was going to be listening to an album while I'm walking down the street and not taking in the sights. Yeah, and use all my senses, you know. Plus, I was a, a bit afraid that, you know, I'd get hit by a car or something. I mean, that's how. Greg's valid on that. Um, we had a girl that graduated from our high school who was in our graduating class, and it was maybe two or three years after we graduated. She ended up getting hit by a car in New York City. She went, I think she went to FIT. Um, and she ended up passing away. So Greg's valid there. <laughs> like those cars you know can what? sometimes not. But I'll tell you, it's funny thing about the way they drive in the city and the bikes and the. I'm surprised people don't get killed every five seconds in Manhattan. It's almost amazing how little people get run over in Manhattan. You know, it's is it's, it uh, anyway. is it has it changed a lot? It looks like from from what I see in people's videos and um, from what I see on what little news is carried uh, from Manhattan. I mean, it looks like it's kind of a ghost town compared to the way it used to be. Is that is that what's going on? Where did everybody go? I live. If I look out my window, it's the same traffic I see every day. You know, a lot of like the the places like you know Times Square aren't they're congregating like you used to. That's all, but it's still people walking around. You know, you go to Midtown, there's still people going to work and stuff. So they're still going into like, office buildings. Yeah, so it's like I, I think it's a lot. Of, it depends on like anything else. You can put a point of camera any place, and then yeah. have it depict what you wanted to depict based on what you want to say. Yeah. You know, but you know what I've been noticing? This is the second week in a row we just went right into conversation and we didn't, didn't even talk, talk about the music. About the music, I, yeah, I, I was thinking so that right too. before we right before we play. Uh, what is it? The Ivan's next cut. This is, yeah, the Ivan's next cut uh, composure. But I like what they do. These guys they, in they Nashville. Do, um, they're in Nashville, mm-hmm, right? That. But you know, but they're kind of like um, they're kind of like late '80s alternative rock. You know, like um, there used to be a band called Husker Du. Right before Nirvana, right before grunge, there was this element of like alternative rock bands that were happening, and that's what this reminds me of a little bit. Yeah, that uh, that compressed like really super punchy drum sound. Um, you know, I, I wasn't I like grunge it. yet, and it wasn't really metal. Mm. It's kind of some hybrid in between there, but uh, and it had, had more had more melody to and it. This, but this vocal it, seems to be, you know, a lot more accessible and or accessible. Yes, let's hear another tune. This, this is uh, which one we're gonna play this now? This is composure. Let's, let's check it out. This is the Ivan's composure.
you know, I, I, uh, I'd be interested to know where, where they're cutting this stuff because, um, so it, you know, it's kind of a, a the the production is very true to that genre. Well, it sounds it sounds like you know, like a, as a great expression, they pushed air, mm-hmm. as opposed to um, it sounds like real drums, real guitars, like you know, as opposed to just uh, programs and software and stuff. So yeah, last week uh, our topic was you know like commercial music, and I certainly think that that sound is. Um, you know, there it's a genre in and of itself. I, I like it overall. I want, and I think the songs are kind of more complex than you would hear from a from a commercial rock band or an alternative. Well, because they got riffs and yeah. they got you know guitars and that, but the, yeah, yeah, it's like. So I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out. I saw a cool a cool photo today. I don't know why I liked it, but. Did anyone see the cover of Rolling Stone this week? I have not seen the cover it's yet. Paul McCartney and Taylor Swift. And she's got her arm around him. It's just this cool shot. I just liked it. And I think they interview each other. I think I want to get it because I'd love to hear what he, what she has to say to him and what he has to say to her, you know, coming from two. Like, they're both kind of legendary right now. You know, well, he is totally and she's on her way to being, you know, she's the big thing right now. And I think she's asking him questions about fame, what to do with it, how to deal with, you know, and he's, he's telling her, well, but, you know, because like he's, he's, he's done it for so long, you know, so it's, yeah, I, I love when those, the two worlds meet, like, you know, the, the elders and the. Well, I guess it's a first in, in like their new series, which is new conversations between artists. So I right. guess there's going to be more of these coming out, which is pretty cool. And I heard, you know, not for nothing, I, I'm, I'm probably going to get it. They're saying he released McCartney 3, his third, like, you know, just solo album. And it's, they say it's really great. So let's, let's, let's hope. That would be great if McCartney comes out with something. Because even though a lot of his stuff has been tepid, in my opinion, the last, like, 20 years, actually, I still think, you know, that's the guy who wrote for no one, man. That's the guy who wrote Penny Lane. You know, that, that guy wrote Hey Jude, you know. The guy's got it in him you know, to write some great stuff, you know, so I'd love to, I think he still has some diamonds in him that could come out. I'd love to, I, I hope that'd be nice if, if it, this is the case with this new album. Well, and I th- we've talked about this too, like talent and skill like that just doesn't go away no matter how old someone gets. It's just what type of project are they working on now and if they're going to release it publicly or not. Tell me if you think this is right, guys. I think we get sick of them. I think they're doing the same stuff, but we're just tired of it. So I think that's what maybe happens. We get like familiarity breeds contempt. I I, I guess it's a a little bit difficult to make the comparisons because people's, I mean, regardless how creative somebody is or regardless how powerful they were as an artist when they were at their peak, I mean, the comparisons are always going to be, you know, a little odd to make. I I ran across the, uh, there's a new Elton John box set out called jewel box i think it's got it's like 60 tracks right it's one of these things you know it's the typical um you know rarities b-sides that kind of thing but i did find it interesting that you know about six or seven cds in there are like they're calling them piano demos but i i have no idea when they were made obviously when he was at his peak vocally, which was probably 30, 40 years ago. But um, there were piano demo versions of a lot of the iconic tracks off of the first five or six records. And, uh, you know, and, and 
and it was really cool to listen to. It was really neat to hear. Uh, it was just piano vocal, but you could see, you know, the evolution of it and when they took them into the studio. And um, I enjoyed it. But the fact of the matter is that his output the last 10, 15 years is nothing like it was back in the 70s, you know. So I've always felt like artists of every discipline, if you're a playwright, if you're a screenwriter if you're a movie director if you are a, a visual artist if you're a painter a musician i think everybody gets like a five-year peak uh and then after that you maybe have to learn how to create and deal with the idea that you're not going to do work at the level that you did in that five-year period and i i can't think of an artist that has been able to transcend that five-year peak period. Now, I could be dead wrong. Creatively? Creatively. Well, I'll tell you, you know, um, if you ask me, there's, I think one of the ones who got closest for me that I know of was Bowie. Bowie's last two records, you know, um, were great. You know, he just really had, and then I think Johnny Cash kind of late in life came out with some really cool stuff, man. Yeah, I I think absolutely right, but, I still think that you could point to anybody's career. You can point to that five years. The cream of the crop. There's, yeah, the cream years, right? Yeah, I mean, um, I agree with you on Bowie. I agree with you on um, not so much on Cash because I think it was just a a rediscovery of what he was doing all along. But, you know, from 60. Was that Rick Rubin, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm right. thinking people are experts on this and I am not, but... You know, uh, the Folsom prison period, you know, like probably maybe 65 to 70, something like that. That's probably Johnny Cash's peak output period, right? Dare I say it, you think it's youth? I don't know if it's youth, but maybe it could kind of be the flip side of what you were saying before, Carl, where like people get tired of them. Maybe the artists get tired of having to produce or put out there or whatnot or having to constantly like recreate their career every five years in order to stay relevant. So it could, it could be that too. And it could be like, depending on how, how, like who's going to tell like, um, like at this point, like what producer is going to tell McCartney on that sucks, Paul, you know, like, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like the emperor's new clothes, you know, like supposedly that's why Elvis Costello and McCartney stopped writing together back in the, in, in the late eighties. McCartney was looking for another Lennon, you know, uh, collaborator. And Elvis Costello was really a lyric guy or known as a lyric guy. Plus he came from Liverpool. So for a while they, they, they wrote some songs together and supposedly they clashed because Elvis Costello would actually say, no, boy, that kind of blows. <laughs> that kind of sucks, you know? And, uh, and McCartney didn't like it. You know, I, back then, the only one who could tell McCartney was, was Lennon. After that, nobody could tell McCartney anything. What's your opinion of, Simply having a wonderful Christmas by McCartney. Yeah, I thought I think it's 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 lame. This to me encapsulates Lennon to me as opposed to McCartney. Lennon, I think, writes wrote the best rock and roll Christmas song ever. And and what I love about it is the way he starts it. And so this is Christmas. And what have you done? You know, like right away he just points it on you, man. You know, like you know, right? He points fingers. That, you know, I think I, that's what I loved about Lennon. He took he took had the simplest way of saying the most profound, cutting stuff. When he was great, he was great. I think. Well, do you also think it 
kind of lends to both of their abilities to because I mean here's the thing both of those Christmas songs when I was growing up were prominent in our household and even now are prominent on playlists on radio whenever Christmas music gets started so it kind of goes to show that like over the last what 30 40 years there hasn't really been a huge leap in Christmas music or holiday music writing where big hits come out from it. It's the same ones from decades past. It's hard to write a contemporary Christmas album and perform a contemporary Christmas album. It really is. I mean, you know, I I get accused of being Mr. Christmas around my house. As a matter of fact, when you were talking earlier about how cynical that you, you were about the holidays, I thought to myself, Maybe our holiday episode, maybe our Christmas episode this year, I'll try to write a scripted version, 45-minute version of A Christmas Carol, and you need to play the role of Ebenezer Scrooge, and we will um, we'll attempt that here, just like we attempted the uh, ghost story thing. I'll pay. I'll pay the ghost of Christmas past. I'm a big uh, Charles Dickens fan, and maybe I can do that and pay homage to Dickens. And I, I think you'd make a really good Scrooge. Deep down, I, I'm a. I'm a. You know, I think um, you're romantic deep down. A romantic at heart, but yeah, I, I, I like Tuesday afternoon. You know what I mean? To me, I, you know, I, I don't think the big days in our life are the birthdays or the. The, the holidays or the Christmas or the wedding day. It's just Wednesday walking down the street when you, you know, those are the moments that make life great. Yeah. It's those little mindfulness. I, I love that. I, those are the moments it, that, that I remember in my life. They're never like the big, I don't remember graduations. It's like you see the movies that like you know you were there, but who cares, you know? Right. But it, those aren't the days I remember. You know, see, yep. and I wonder if, and I'm probably going to sound sexist in this episode, but I wonder if it's a boy versus girl thing because my husband is more that way where it's not like the big days that matter. But for me, like those are the things that like stand out. Like I can remember vividly my high school graduation, my graduation from college, my wedding day, the day we got engaged, the day Kenzie was born, like the, the really big days, even going back to when we were little. And a lot of it is around holidays. Yep. I mean, I've, I've been a huge holiday guy my, my whole life. And, um, you know, and there have been some really, really wonderful experiences and, um, I'm lucky enough to, um, my family at home across the river from Louisville, in a little place called, called Clarksville, Indiana. I may have told this story before, but my cousin, uh, the house she grew up in, she actually inherited from her parents. And when I was a kid, we would go to their house on Christmas Eve. Well, so now it's become a tradition that when we can get back there, and hopefully we'll be able to get back there this year, I, I'm literally walking down into the basement uh, for a Christmas Eve celebration. The same staircase, you know, the, the the same basic room that I celebrated Christmas in when I believed in Santa Claus, you know, when when, when I was six years old. And it's it's really magical. It's like bowling, you know. It's. I'll tell you this. This, this reminds me of a bowling. Enlighten us, Carl. One day, it's like one bowling. Day, right? I'm, I'm, one night you have my we attention, all, Carl. I was. We were all working. You know, I was all working at this bar, 
and it was like this blizzard or something. And so they closed the bar. So the whole bar staff, two bartenders, you know, three waitresses, you know, a barmaid, about six of us or seven of us didn't know what to do. Right down the block, on top of Port Authority, this is bowling alley. So, you know, and everything else was closed. So we all went there and we went to this bowling alley, 12 o'clock at, at night, you know, and we had the best time. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 So we love this. We go to bowling. So like, so, and then we all, we, we, we drank, we were hanging out, we were bowling, we were laughing. It was the best night. You know, it was cheap. We got shoes. You know, <laughs> we love this. How about every Tuesday we go bowling? It'll be great. We'll just do this, right? <laughs> So next week, we all meet up at the bowling alley. It sucked. <laughs> it, it, it sucked. It was that one moment of, of that moment. It just fell together. It was snowing. We were, you know, I, I don't believe in ritual things you do. Again, am I making analogies that make sense? That no, connecting I, I get it. I get it. No, I, I get it. it. You can't. You can't. So basically, my. I'm my, just my, so my, sad. My, sad what for I want, you. What I want to tell people is you can't plan your bowling parties, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the, that's my secret to life. You can't plan these bowling parties. They either happen or they don't. And that's it. Well, what about if people want to make them happen, though? Okay, but then they're forcing. You can't force a bowling party. No, no, no. This is this is great, though. This we're we're really we're doing some good work here, Nicole. Because but I think I'm, you can I'm, force a Christmas set like a Christmas celebration, and I will say, I, I just think this is great. Uh, this is great. You know, I'm taking. I'm taking every every Christmas we sit around the tree, well, and now they ribbon over the plant. My mother, I love my mother so much, but she'd always whatever you gave her, she'd open it up look at it like with, with kind of disgusting go how much did you pay for this <laughs> oh okay so i have a fun story you couldn't buy my mother a gift at all guys. so uh. my twin who we've talked about the receipt we, who we've talked about on this podcast before love her to death but she has a terrible poker face and my father um, before he retired worked for the u.s postal service and they were doing a marketing, well, I guess, focus group on this bag that they were trying to like sell as merch or something like that. So my dad wrapped it up as a Christmas gift and gave it to her on Christmas Day to get her absolute honest reaction because he knew if he gave it to like me or um, my other sister, like we'd probably be like, oh, thanks so much. And then we just throw it in the back of our closets. <laughs> she opens it up and she's like, what is this? This is the ugliest thing. I didn't ask for this. Why would I want this? And my dad was like, so that's a no. <laughs> right. <laughs> and these are the holidays? These are the, this this is like, this is the holidays. I'm taking, I'm, taking the, the, I'm taking the Christmas Carol idea off the table, but we absolutely positively are one week in December going to do the 9420 bowling Christmas party. My father made. I remember my ninth, my ninth birthday. I had a bowling party. That was big in Long Island back when we were kids. Well, the bowling and, leagues, uh, like everyone was. He in a made me. Cr- he made me cry my ninth birthday. I ran into the bathroom and cried. That's terrible. That's not a good. And my father, he, but because you know what, he was he was like a professional bowler guy, and he was making us do, switch lanes and do this. Everything was professional. And my mother was going, <laughs> "Just let them bowl their nine. No, it's not the proper way." That's right. I love it. <laughs> 
<laughs> he was like keeping score. I was, you know. You put your hand over the little blower there. Right. The put rosin, sh- bag. rosin and bag. Oh, my goodness. That's not your ball, son. <laughs> you have to use the same ball. I go, yeah, I don't care. Uh, right before the pandemic started, actually, it was like the weekend before everything shut down. We took Kenzie bowling for the first time and they have like little kid slides. And I kid you not, even with bumpers and and a slide, she still beat me in a score. And she's two. I don't think that's saying anything wonderful about her. I think it's saying something pathetic about you. <laughs> oh, I'm a terrible bowler. Like 100% terrible. I, to me, I don't think too. Again, that's very very indicative of today's age. When I was a kid, there was no bumpers. If you did it, you got a gutter and you got nothing. Now every day, everybody's got to get a trophy. Everybody wins. Hey, and, yeah, and, no. and what's this thing about they keep score for you? Give me a damn grease pencil. Right. I'm going to keep score. Now it's a machine up on top. Yeah, you nah, keep nah, score. Nah, you when I was a kid, there was no training wheels. My my cousin Junior put me on the bike, pushed me down the street. I must have fell 50 times until I didn't fall. That's how you learn to ride a bike. You don't have training wheels. Come well, on. Well, and now they've got this thing called the balance bike, which apparently Ugh. allows kids to figure out how to sit on a bicycle and a walk with it before, before they actually I, I, learn I, I, the I, I don't want to sound like a typical old fart, but I have no faith in you, man. <laughs> this is where the world's going, man. What are we doing? Oh, let's um, right. You know, you know what, you know what the answer is is listen to more music. Let's have more music. Let's let's end the podcast on on some musical note. And we didn't even get into the fact that the CMA awards happened this week. Oh, I, I I marked myself safe from that. <laughs> Anything happen? Uh, honestly, I watched snippets of it just because we don't have cable anymore. So I was like, whatever people were Instagramming or whatnot, and the overall consensus was it just it was a mess, and people they, pulled out at the last minute, and Reba and Darius live? were terrible. No, no, no. It was well, it was live, of course. Yeah, uh, but you know they don't. Everybody was complaining. The two things people complained about were social distancing didn't happen the way it needed to. And then they were also uh, complaining about cleavage. I did not, not see enough, that one. Not, not enough cleavage? No, uh, too much cleavage. I think Rick, Rick, Ricky Gervais should be the host of every award show. Mm-hmm. Oh, he would have been fun. He, he would have been better great. than Darius Rucker. Oh, yeah, come on. Just, just There's a great thing. Jerry Seinfeld won some Lifetime Achievement Award. And he does this whole thing about how ridiculous awards are while he's accepting the award. It's great. It's on YouTube. Jerry Seinfeld receives an award. It's great. He just mocks the whole thing. Anyway. Mm. Well, and apparently the CMAs left off a bunch of very prominent people in their in memoriam. And now you have people who are literally giving back their lifetime CMA memberships. So it went well. I can imagine. I mean, that that had to have been the most difficult gig this year is keeping up with the in memoriam hell it seems like half the entertainment business has succumbed to what's the criteria you know what's the cutoff well i guess the big the big to do was the fact that they left john prine off of it okay that's a big well i mean but but the fact of the matter is that you know i mean i i don't think that um well i i i could misspeak here but i don't think that john identified with uh, the CMA contingent for it doesn't matter. You know, he was just, a, but he's a a big country music esque 
guy and you know. he died. So yeah, that's you know. We could do a whole podcast point. on the Country Music Association, believe me. <laughs> we could use Carl's vitriol in the Anything with an association after it, it's got to be horrible. <laughs> when it's, the fact, I it, think at some know? point we're going to have a podcast down the road um, that kind of goes into is even these type of award shows like relevant nowadays or and will they be relevant? I like how you said down the road, like there should be uh, some there should be a, a music cue for that. You said down, down the, road, the road, like back in the day. Oh. No, I don't like that yeah. one. We'll, we'll, we'll find, find one. some new, new we'll stuff. Find some, we'll find one. Play these uh, uh, rock guys from uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, so we're kind of done. So we're going to end up with a last song by um, the Ivans. Blue? No, certain. Certain. Yep. By Ivans. So talk us out. We'll play the Ivans and we'll be done. This is almost like a this is almost like a pre pre Christmas show in a way. Kind yeah, of. Uh, you know, I told you. I mean, it's human nature. We're pushing these wear these a, holidays. Just baby. Wear a mask. Yep. And get ready because next week we're going to be talking about thankfulness. Yep. Uh, all right, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the ninety four twenty podcast. For all of the links, you can go to the show notes at the. Gosh, what's that thing called? Oh, the website, which is 9420.com. It is the numbers 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y.com. Until next time, we'll talk to you all later and enjoy the last single we have from the Ivans, which is certain. Goodbye. Happy holidays. Too lost